what time do you call this? Sorry, I didn't have Zoom, did I? Did you download? <laughs> we, were t- we were having some bets whether you did or didn't. Sorry about that, mate. No, say it on me. Right, another very special guest on today. Um, 13 special. years. <laughs> well, it's 13 years yesterday since Wembley, mate, so I'm feeling a bit nostalgic at the minute since the Wembley victory. Ah, okay, cool. Ah, yeah, nice. and um, and Kim's with us again. Kim Burtwistle. So she knows I was a bit of a, a bit of a fanboy of yours when um, when you was playing. You was my favourite derby player, and that's not just me saying it. Cause you come on, genuinely. So that's what you was up to. Know what? <laughs> I was going to totally stitch you up when you first came on because when I we were talking about who we could get on and who we could talk to, I was like, "What about Dino?" And he's like, "Oh my god!" He said, like, "Do you think that he'll come on?" I was like, "Oh, we can ask him." He's like. I was just going to make my year and then <laughs> half an hour later he was like oh, I used to have on the back of my shirt I'm going to see if I can find it and you've got it haven't you like where, where is your shirt <laughs> you mate I've worn it that much right? I wore it to death it's got holes in it he said uh, mate yeah, love so, that. there you go mate so th- that's why it's so special for me <laughs> mate because uh, it's what a season so how's how's things at the minute how are you how are you coping I'm strange times for everyone but how are you you coping with things I'm alright man i got two kids um, keeping me busy just moved, so trying to sort all the house out and stuff like that, really. And, uh, yeah, I'm just cooking a lot. Uh, well, you name it, I'm doing it, to be honest. But I'm all good. Family's well, which is a blessing. So, yeah, everything's good, man. <laughs> cool. And we'll, we'll start from the, the very beginning, football-wise, if that's OK, before we talk about your, your times at Derby. Um, yep. How was it you first got involved in, in Fulham Academy and, and playing? Was it like 13, 14, I think, when you was first at Fulham? Uh, 13 when I was at Fulham. We, I was playing for my uh, my Sunday league team um, at the time, uh, team called Selson Juniors. And I've no idea why, but we played in a friendly against um, Fulham. And then obviously we played the game. But then after, I was asked to go down to Fulham for like four weeks just to see obviously the transitions from obviously Sunday league to obviously playing uh, academy football. Um, and after that four-week trial, they gave me a year and I think after that, obviously, you, you're going for your scholarship. And then after that year, um, they offered me a, I think it was a three-year scholarship, I think it is, or something like that. And then, um, yeah, just kind of went from there and um, signed my first professional contract, I think, when I was 17. Um, so, yeah, it was a good experience. It must have been a, a bit of a rollercoaster to go from like, first getting involved in an academy at 13 and within four years, you're signing as a pro. And did you make your debut at, at 17? 17, 18, it was one of them. I'm not too yeah. sure when it was. it was either or. But um, no, I think as when you're growing up as a kid, you don't think about, like I, I talk a lot with my, my people now, and I say, you don't think of the future. So in them four years, obviously they go, they just go real, real quick. And you're not even thinking about, I don't know, it's hard to explain. You're not thinking about the next step or yeah. at them young ages, you're not thinking about, what you're going to be doing when you're 17, 18 or 19 or anything like that. You just, you just literally just want to play football. And that was my aim. It, my aim worked to be, I didn't even knew you, I didn't even know you used to get paid playing football or anything like that. So that was never, it was never anything like that. I just used to really enjoy playing football when it was something that I was okay at. And, and um, yeah, I, it just progressed well from when I grew up from 13 to, to 17, I developed actually quite quickly. And, um, yeah, and then they gave me an opportunity to, to one day play, which I did. And coming out of Craven Cottage, I mean, that, that's a great, 
great ground to kind of start your 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 career off as well. I mean, obviously for us Derby fans recently, it wasn't the best of experiences. But yeah, I can imagine when you're young, you're walking out, pretty special. No, it's a no. It is to be fair, it's a it's a very friendly uh, family kind of club. Um, fans ain't the loudest or anything like that. I'm not going to lie, um, but it was it was a club that I really enjoyed playing for. And, um, and like I said, it was a good stepping stone because um, I think when I first when I was at Fulham, um, Tagana just got involved and football changed completely. Um, it was he changed it. We didn't really do fitness. It was literally everything was playing football. Everything was relaxed. It weren't, couldn't really kick a ball long in training. Or you, you kind of get in trouble. Everything was too chucked. You know, it was just a completely different um, environment. And some of that I, I kind of relished because I'm quite a relaxed person myself. So I kind of enjoyed that. But no, it was a, it was a, great, it was a great stepping stone for me. Um, really enjoyed my time there. And, um, and, and to be fair, I met some really good friends there, which I'm still keep in contact now, which is always a bonus. Just about saying that, you seem to be one of the most relaxed people that I think I've ever met. Like, nothing's a bother. You were just like Mr. Cool completely. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've just kind of, is my mum relaxed? Not really. She's quite stressed. Um, <laughs> I hope she's not going to be listening no, to this. Uh, you can't call your mum a stresshead. Come on. <laughs> Well, she, she's not relaxed, but um, I don't know. I've, I've I've tried to take life in my stride and just kind of just take everything day by day because, like you see, you never know what's in what's going to happen. So, I, I obviously, very true. Had kids and stuff, and things have changed. But yeah, I just I really do try and take life day by day and just. Yeah, that's kind of it, really. <laughs> I, think we can hear, I think we can hear them. I think they want to get on the podcast. Who's that? Who, we, yeah. who can we hear? My daughter, Freya. Can come say oh, hello? Hi. hi, Freya. Say hi. Hi. She's waiting. So <laughs> oh, bless you. She can see you. Oh, a little cutie. That's a, you, you've always been a big, big family man, though, haven't you? It's been, always been a huge part of, uh, of, of who you are, and it's probably shaped you off, off the pitch. Uh, to, yeah. to kind of be, be one of those leaders on the pitch, hasn't it? Yeah, families are everything to me. Um, I've been brought up with a tight family. I've got a massive, massive family. Like I've got about nine sisters, nine brothers, um, so many young like so nine? Many, <laughs> yeah, all from my dad, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's, a, there's, about 15, <laughs> yeah, there's about 15 of us, I'd say. I think overall there's about 15 of us. Um, but obviously now I've got my own five. My cousins have got like five. It's just growing and growing. I don't want uh. obviously my daughter to be like that. But, um, but yeah, um, I love my family. Um, been through a bit of a divorce, which weren't the greatest, um, which was tough. But yeah, I, obviously you move on and you kind of grow. And yeah, and I've had my two other ones and... Like I said, they've just been a blessing and I'm just thankful for them and my other three as well. Yeah, I mean, those things, you, you've just got to take those in your stride. It, like, life happens, doesn't it? But talk about squad goals. I mean, you, you're getting a collection now. You'll be able to have a little five-a-side team of your own soon, won't you? Well, well I definitely can have a five-a-side team. Just obviously no <laughs> subs. Uh... <laughs> you just have to get the fitness up. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'll just be on the sidelines and uh, I'll be cool. But, um, yes, 
I'm, I'm thinking about the when when the last time you played was because I'm I am gonna take a bet that it was yeah. when you came up and you did the charity um, celebrity game at Pride Park. Is that right? Yes, yes, that is. Yes, and I was knew it. And, and yeah, that was. I was <laughs> say hello, then. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just like that's like typical lockdown isn't it i think every yeah. single zoom call or anything that i've had my daughter's crashed it but you just can't get away from kids but it's nice and if, if anything that uh, this whole covid situation has just brought everyone together hasn't it like that has to be yeah which is a lovely i think i think you realize how important family is when you're you know you take people for granted not granted but like you realize how much it is how much you miss them how much there's more to Which life time? than other stuff. You miss your family, man. It's a massive Absolutely. thing. And I think you, you realise how much time you don't actually spend with them. And especially for you, like in your like and every other footballer, like this time that they've got with their families that you've got solidly. So you're not going off the games, you're not doing anything. It's just, you know, it, it must be really good. It is just lovely, man. And I like I say I can see them every single day, put them to bed, wake up next to them, which is lovely. So it's been a blessing in disguise, obviously, this corona passing away and stuff's been, like, terrible. But I think, like, a lot of people will change through this and realise that your health is very important and um, your loved ones are very important too and don't take things for granted. Absolutely. Going, going back, Dino, to, um, to, to, yes, to, to, to football, how, did, how yeah. did coming to Derby, first signing for Derby, come about? Did you, did you have a few different offers on the table? And, and if you did, what was it? what was it about Derby that attracted you? Um, I was going, I think Luton were in a championship as well at the same time. And there was a, one other, there were three clubs in, no, there were two clubs interested. Oh, the Swansea thing. I was going to Swansea and um, I literally signed in everything for them. And the next day, um, their manager at the time, Kenny Jacket, called me and said, we can't do the deal. And then said, um, that was some couple with my knee. So they pulled the plug on that. So then a week later, I get a call from Mike, Mike Newell. And um, he said, can you come down? So I said, yeah, no problem. And as I was driving down to Luton, literally I was in the car with my agent and Billy Davis called my agent in the car and said, don't go Luton. Come straight <laughs> up here. Um, we want to sign you. Gave me all my wages, read them out, blah, blah, blah. He was like, this is what we're offering you. Come up right now and come and sign. And I literally come up probably about two hours later and come literally signed on that day. What was yeah. what was Billy like to play under? Because you uh, heard different stories about him and he's a bit of a, an enigma, isn't he? In a, and he's known yeah. in football for being a bit... Well, he, he, whatever he did at Derby that time, it worked, didn't it? I thought, he was, I thought he's probably... He's, he's joint best manager I've ever played with. He, he knew what he wanted... And if you didn't deliver, listen, you weren't playing, which was which was quite good. Like you couldn't beat around the bush with him. Tacti- tactically, he was spot on. He knew about every other team, every other player, and he just he's he. Like I said, we weren't the greatest of players, but the unit, the unity that he got with us, their bond, the and like I said, like finding out tactics about teams and stuff and what they they were doing, they literally he'd say it in um, the dressing room and they would be doing it and you'd be like jeez like we know we've, we basically we've done this through training he's told us exactly what was going to happen 
So he was he was tactically amazing, and he was a good man man management as well. Um, he knew when to kind of put an arm around you. He knew when to bollock you. He knew he just knew. And then, like I said, I've got nothing but admiration for the guy. I thought he was a top top manager. I bet he I bet he did bollock you as well when he when you did something wrong. <laughs> oh, when I when 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 I first went there, he he come at me quite a lot because obviously I was so laid back. And obviously, taking that step up from obviously, I was in and about the first team with, with Fulham, like reserves first team. So my relax was very relaxed. But then go to play week in week out with men it was complete. It was a different transition. And um, yeah, he the first few months I used to give it. Well, I am. Um, I work at Radio Derby as well, and we had Steve Barwater and, and Pesky on on Saturday talking about yeah. the playoff final. And uh, he, by, uh, Steve Barwater told a story about when he got um, sent off at Ipswich away and uh, he yeah. came in the change room after and he pulled a piece of paper out of his pocket and Bart, yeah, uh, Steve thought, yeah and he, he said he thought he was going to read their <laughs> team out or say someone's leaked the team and he went it was a, it was a cheeseburger wrapper he went which one are you cheese, sa- cheese sandwich was it cheese sandwich <laughs> cheese sandwich yeah <laughs> I think mean, oh it was in the God. hotel it was a hotel room before the, the night before and yeah and Jay McKevin I think ordered a cheese sandwich before he was going to bed, and yeah, Billy Davis pulled it out. It's so effing ordering a cheese sandwich. <laughs> and so, yeah, because yeah, so yeah, no, I remember that too. To be fair, it's quite funny. That was decent. <laughs> is, there any, is there any other stories like that from that time? Of Billy? Oh, Billy. No, I think I think that I think that was only get pulled up because we was because obviously the whole through the season we had. Um, a good run we was winning a quite a lot drawing we weren't losing quite a lot and I think coming to the end of the season we started to lose little games like the Ipswich one I think Palace I think there was a game before that as well we started to lose and I think a lot I think the pressure just got to to the team and obviously to the staff as well and I think just little things were just pushing them over the edge because for him that was a that was a massive thing you know um Preparation for him was massive, and obviously a cheese sandwich before a game is not great prep. So uh, that's yeah, one step too far, isn't it? That is a little bit, a little bit, and especially getting him finding out. Obviously, so, um, <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, you were you were around some uh, some characters as well. I mean, who who do you really remember in the change rooms? Who was the one that's always making the the doing the jokes, and making everyone laugh? Um, by what was funny, nuts. Yeah. Everything you can imagine, he was everything. But such a such a good guy to have around in your team. Like amazing to be. Seth Johnson, funny guy. He was he him and Michael Johnson at the time were probably the um the people that were obviously making us laugh and everything like that. They were, they were pro- proper um characters. Um yeah. but it was a, it was it was a, it was a, it was such a good dressing room. There was experience and there was youth. He had such a good blend, it was just it was, yeah, it was the best team I've played in. Not, I wouldn't say um, the best, like, um, footballers, but as in grind um, games out and stuff like that, I think they was, yeah, they were, we had an amazing little bunch there. There were so many 1-0 wins, like, that season. I don't know how many. I think it was 10 or 11, maybe even 12. Yeah. Steve, Steve Howard had a 1-0 win. Was that, like, kind of, um, yeah. was that Billy's influence on the team and, and how he, he brought you together? Um, I don't even know, to be honest, because... I think attacking wise, we were decent. We had we had very good players going attacking wise, but we we just I don't know. We had, I think there was me, Darren Moore, Michael Johnson, 
Um, Mark Edwerby, and obviously Tyrone coming in. And I think left back was Mo Kamara. Yeah. And um, heavily come in. Uh, and we just, I don't know, we, it started off like that. We just, and then, then we never really used to work on it in training or anything like that. It was just something, like every game was just coming, was just grinding out these one nil victories. And obviously, like having Darren Moore there and you had Stephen Bywater behind you. You know, you, you just always knew you could nick something. Well, obviously, with Stevie Howard up top as well. And obviously, people like Luper Lee, um, Giles Barnes. There, there was always that that thing, and, and he always Billy used to say, always say that just keep in the game. We, we will create something. We will get a chance. And we always used to just just go out there thinking that we are going to keep clean sheets, and in, whether or not we're going to score or not. But I'd rather take a nil nil draw than a one nil loss. So, but we just we just always had that knack of just scoring. Um, even last minute goals, we, we we were quite good at that as well. To be fair, and just just helped us obviously get where we needed to get to. Should we talk about Wembley? You can do. <laughs> I'm going to put my shirt on. Breaking recording. Blake's just putting his shirt on. Right, it's, uh, it, I mean, t- talk us through it. I mean, we, we know what it was like, like as a fan. Blake obviously does because he was there with his shirt on. Yeah. Um, what, what was it like? What was it like going down like before? The nerves? Oh, um the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever experienced, ever. Um, even, like, being there for my missus' pregnancies and stuff like that, wedding, it was something I've never experienced. Like, like I, I know when you say, like, I couldn't sleep the night before. I I felt like I was physically probably sick before, like, the game. It was just, it was horrible. I know that sounds thinking, but it was the best time of my life. Like, something that, even when I watch back the games now, um, I get goosebumps watching it. It's it's such a it's such a feeling that you can't explain. It's it's unexplainable feeling. Um, but I loved it, and um, it was yeah the best time of my life. That was that game was the best footballing of my career. It was amazing. We talk about the one nils and the resilience of the team. That was kind of personified yeah. in that game, wasn't it? Because with the greatest respect, Darwin got battered that day, didn't he? For large periods. Um, yeah, uh, hit the hit, hitting the bar, and then Ty, Tyrone Mears is unbelievable challenge and the great decision by Graham Pole to see he's yeah. just got the ball. There was it was yeah. real heart in mouth because he did he did really attack Derby, didn't he? And it was uh, just to stay like you say, stay in the game and and yeah. just to create and then a bit of brilliance from from Giles Barnes to to yeah. open it up. Yeah, and I remember Darren Moore after the game said because um, obviously Darren Moore used to be at West Brom. Um, mm. He said he spoke to Kevin Phillips, and their aim was to come at us the first 30 minutes and try and just at, like try and get a couple of goals um, but they knew after that they, apparently they said at half time I don't know why Kevin Phillips said we, we knew we'd, we'd failed when we didn't come in at half time when I or anything we knew we failed because we knew what you was like defensively and yeah. we, would, we would run out of ideas and you would bring in and then like I said it was just what we've done all season, man. We just grinded it out. Like gr- to be fair, Bywater didn't really have to make those saves. If you watch the game, um, point, yeah. Obviously, Kevin Phillips hit, but but the tackle by Tyrone Mears, the first one, does look like a penalty if you watch it. But it is a great challenge. Uh, like uh, the referee going, I still think he's going to give a penalty when I watch it back now, and I know yeah. it's not a penalty. He still think yeah. he's going to blow it. Up. He's going to yeah. blow it. Up. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're not wrong. No, it's such, it's such a, it's such, it just nicks it. It's such, but for the for the ref to see that, I thought it was an amazing decision. To be yeah. fair, because if they would have got the penalty, then obviously it changes the way we'd have to play, and then obviously it opened up the game. And obviously the players that they had at that time, their front four were something ridiculous in the championship at that time. Um, but no, it was like I said, it was just an amazing experience and. I think every player, every fan will always remember that day. and It was just, yeah, amazing. Can we um, can we talk about the season after? <laughs> if you must. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you featured and you, you played, well, obviously, while Billy was there and, and once Paul Jewell came in, I don't, I think it is when you started to drop out of the team a bit, wasn't it? But the experiences yeah. you had of, of like playing at the Emirates, playing at Anfield... What were they like? You, you spoke earlier about just taking everything in your stride as a young player. Do you, do you look back now and think, uh, oh, wow, I, I, I was marking Torres? Or do, do you know what I mean? Was it, is it yeah. To, to be fair, when, when, when um, obviously, because even at the start of the season, um, I was right at the start of the first couple of games, I weren't playing. Um, Billy Davis pulled me and said, listen, I just want to get the experience in because I think obviously Cool Davis come in and he played him and Darren Moore for the first few games. And then um, obviously we weren't winning, and I think, and I think I know. And, and then the first game I played was Newcastle at home, and we won. Then after that, I was quite consistent with my um, with my playing. Then obviously Billy Davis left, Paul Jewell come in, and I think he started playing. No, Billy Davis actually started playing me in midfield a few games. Um, I think we played Chelsea at home and we lost, and I played midfield. And then obviously Paul Jewell come in, he started playing me in midfield, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the um, after that, I got a hernia, so I had to have um, a double hernia operation. And so I was in and out near the end. Um, obviously, my performance weren't great and everything like that. So it's injuries, performance, and everything. But it's, it's something that I look back on now, and people talk to me and ask me about, it and ask the players that I've played against. And when they, when I tell them that I've played against these people, they they cannot believe the players that I've played against. And um, you don't realise how good these players were, like. Tell like you look back on them, and you realize they were just amazing. Like, some of them, I remember we played Torres and you, Tevez, Rooney, Ronaldo, mm. um, just, just amazing players. And, um, like I said, it for me is just an amazing experience. I know it's obviously not the greatest or a derby fan or the actual club, but I think as a, as a, on my personal level, to ever play in that environment around them players, I feel privileged to, to be part of that. And, um, yeah, it's an amazing thing that one day, like my kids and whoever you know, I speak to, I can, I can tell them what I've done and yeah, how great it was. You, you, um, you talk about the quality of the players. Was the the difference in quality? Was that all it was that season? That the, the reason Derby couldn't couldn't quite get it together and stay up was it just they weren't quite good enough? Did they maybe go up a year too soon or? I know the original thing was yeah, always like three-year plan kind of thing, wasn't it? And we, we got through the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I truly believe that. I think, listen, I wouldn't change it for anything, to be honest, and that's the truth. But if you'd look back on what I think we did go out too early, um, I think in the Championship at that time, there were teams better prepared. They had the players probably to go up and probably do a lot better than we did. But um, it's an amazing, it was an amazing experience. But um, yeah, I... I the, the, the quality is, is night and day. I know people say the championship and the premiership is not different. It, I, at that time, for me, I thought it was miles apart. 
like any mistake in the, in the premiership you'd get punished any dodgy touch anything you, you get punished whereas in the championship I feel you can get away not away with it to a certain degree but it wasn't as punishable what are your looking back what are your favourite memories have you, have you got like when you think back to your time at, at Derby and being around the city what are your, your favourite memories of that time grew my family Family there, which was lovely, an amazing place. That I uh, brought my kids up uh, over in Findon Way. Um, I think the first season I got there, playing week in week out, um, and obviously the, I think my greatest memory obviously was the the Wembley experience and, and also the playoffs as well. Playoffs were, were amazing too. To be fair, um, that was something special. Um, so yeah, I'd say I think Derby as a place was lovely to me. I've, I've got nothing but um, respect for the people there and a lot of love for the um, the town, city. Well, I don't know what it is, but yeah, um, I enjoyed everything, every part of it. To be honest, Except, obviously near the end was weren't the greatest. But obviously Andrew with Cluffy, but um, but other than that, I, yeah, I, I loved every minute of it. How did it How did it come about you you leaving the club eventually? Then was it was that Nigel Clough's decision? It was me and Cluffy we didn't see eye to eye to be honest. If I'm, um, the way he wanted to play football and the way I played football, we, we were night and day. He was like I don't know. We, we just we just didn't see eye to eye and um, never got on um, outside the scenes as well. So that didn't help. And um, I just got a call one day. Um, from the chairman because like I said me, me and Nigel Clough didn't really speak and he just said listen um, Leighton Orient just want to make it a loan was it a loan? I can't remember what no we want to pay you up your contract and you're free to go to wherever you want so that kind of happened and um, kind of left on a sound note because I didn't really get to say bye to anyone or or anything like that um, and um, yeah I was I went down to Leighton Orient lived down in London obviously where my family is so that was quite good and then um, I got back uh, opportunity to go back to Notts County was it? yeah so and I just went there for really because you're, you're you're a chef now aren't you Dean? oh yeah I'm mate so how did that come around because that is a huge step from footballer to um, oak cuisine yeah I've always loved my food um, I've always enjoyed cooking and um yeah, I wanted to be a chef, so I went and got my qualifications, and um, yeah, started. Um, I had to go to college, work with sixteen-year-old kids, which was interesting. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm just I really enjoy cooking, um, and like I try and cook as much as I can now. Um, and yeah, that's it, really, Carmel. Were you telling the sixteen-year-old lads that you was like doing your qualifications with? Like, I've played against Ronaldo. I've played against well, they, Fernando. Well, <laughs> well, well, to be honest, it was quite because obviously the teacher. I don't know. He used to he used to follow football, so he kind of um, heard of me, and he mentioned it to the kids, and then they started googling me and looking at my pictures with my head down <laughs> and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, it is what it is, man. But. Like I said, it was, like I said, this is, I, I enjoyed it, and um, yeah, they asked, they asked who I played again. Like I said, I told them, and you know, they love it, so it's cool. You still wear the headband in the kitchen? Nah, not allowed. I bet to. you do. No, but you're saying this, but I bet you do. I bet you're in there when she's chopping. You got your headband on. You full. full uh, that that went. Well, that, that went ages. Remember, 
cut my hair off, didn't I? So that went. That all went. Oh, wait, that's the, trade, that's that's the trademark, Dino. You know. you, you can't get rid of the head. It is. <laughs> oh, I had to, mate. I had to. I cut my hair off, didn't I? Right, come on. We, right, it's lockdown. We're bored. Let, like, give us a little recipe. Can we have a, a little lockdown recipe that we can Dino's do? Dino's dishes. Yes. Yes, I love it. Dino's dishes. What's that about? Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Something com- some comfort food. Come on. A chocolate brownie. Yes. Right, tell us how to make it. I need to get my book now. That's long. <laughs> 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 this should be coming off the top of your head. Tell you what, though. Chocolate, um, chocolate fondant. Yes, now we're talking. Three years at my uni face. doing sports journalism. I get the chance to interview yeah. one of my favourite footballers as a kid, and we're talking about chocolate brownies. That's Kimberly for you. Sorry, Blake. No, sorry. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Right, we're, we're, we're literally about to run out of time, and I was have to stop recording, but I, want to, uh, I just want to thank you, Dean, because it's been brilliant. And um, thank you for coming on. No problem, my brother. Anytime. Anything I can do for you, mate, let me know. I'll hold you to that. Cool, no problem. (laughs) Nice one. And thank you, Kim. It's all right. Perhaps we need to get get that signed, um, that shirt signed. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Get it framed. Get it framed. It smells a bit, but yeah, nice one. (laughs) All right, no problem. (laughs) Cheers, Dean. Thank you very much, mate. Right away, but take it easy, everyone. Bye bye. Thank you. Barnes wants it threaded through. He's got just that.